Welcome in. Hope you got your flannel shirts and your Doc Martens on. We are headed for the 90s. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from madwolf.com. And we've been doing a little time traveling the last few weeks. We took a detour here or there, but we did the best, our favorites of the 70s, of the 80s. 60s. The 60s. We did do the 60s all the way back. But then we went to uh, my favorite decade, the 70s, your favorite decade, the 80s. I don't know whose favorite decade the 90s is, but we're going there now because I'll be honest with you. When I think about the 90s, true or not, I think weak in music and in movies all around. I just think weak. Is that is that right? Well, you know what? There, of course, they have the Nirvana and the Grunge, which was great. Oh, yeah, and, there is and some, then but overall. Also, no, you're right. The Slim Pinkett's in films as well. We had a lot of like, what's interesting to me about the 90s is uh, a lot of Big studio Oscar nominees, which we hadn't seen anything like that since the 80s. A lot of, of future giant mainstream directors dabbling in horror. And then really a resurgence in, in independent horror movies and the first of the big foreign influenced horror movies. So it's um, if you if you look, you're going to find some great, great films there. Yeah, I think that probably is the way, as you pointed out, with music as well. You get in there and you find some good things. Right. Uh, Nirvana. In between the such. boy bands. Yeah. <laughs> But it just when I just think of it really quickly, uh, I just think uh, you know it's yeah. kind of a letdown in in music and in movies. But not all the way around because we've got uh, at least five and a few more to talk about for uh, our favorite uh, horror films of the '90s. And by the way, uh, thank you for the for the feedback for for all of this. Uh, keep it coming. But for last week when we talked about the '80s, we thought we might get some feedback, and we did. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, most of it was, I, I thought we were going to get smacked. I, I mean, I thought too. people, I thought it was going to be a smackdown. It wasn't too bad, but you know what? I want to shout out to a new listener, Mac. He's at Mac. I mean, and uh, he, he's, he listened, uh, and then he listened back to a couple of older podcasts, and he actually had an interesting thing to say about, we did one a few weeks back on documentary-style films. It was We, we talked about uh, what we do in the shadows and yeah. then other good documentary-style horror films. And he did bring up one that, that we neglected to mention that is a good one, actually. It's called Lake Mungo kind of a ghost story um sad actually it's kind of a sad movie but but yeah spooky where it needs to be spooky and uh it really is a compelling film keeps you interested so if nice. you have not had a chance to see lake mungo you should check it out and thank you for that thought knack yeah as always thanks for the feedback thank you for being kind because i'm with you i thought we were gonna get it because <laughs> we we you know expressed our disdain for a few movies <clears throat> the fog um <laughs> and some others but no thank you for that and as always please uh, reach out keep the uh, conversation going on twitter we are at mad wolf m-a-d-d-w-o-l-f okay so um like you said it was a good point uh, when you talk about the 90s there's a lot of big studio big budgets big directors so when we were talking about number five there's really a few Maybe many films that yeah. could have that could have been here. But if you think about, it, so there are a handful that were um, uh, nominated for Oscars. But also, what I think is interesting, there are some some big big directors who had gone to be huge mainstream directors. Who uh, so Fincher made Seven, which I love. Seven yes. is a great movie. Of course, from Dust Till Dawn, Tarantino. Yeah. Adrian Lin did a really the very popular Jacob's Ladder. It's borderline horror. It's not really horror. People yeah. love that movie. But yeah, I think I maybe don't like that as much as a lot of people. You're right. It's kind of become a cult, yeah. a cult yeah. favorite. I think I like it okay. I like it. I'm, I do. I like it. I'm not sure as... I call it a horror movie, but I yeah, do like it. It's one of those in between. You know, another one that I'm not sure I call a horror movie, and actually, I don't care for but has a huge cult following it's a movie called in the mouth of madness yeah people love that movie yeah um and it's interesting and it's got that you're, but the reason that it, the um uh, it reminds me of of jacob's letter they both you feel like you're trapped in a dream you're trapped in a nightmare and you can't get out right. of it which they both have that in common yeah i'm with you i don't know if i would be full-on horror movie for that one either 
but it has those elements. And then another yeah. one, which I know you love, that I don't think is really a horror movie, but certainly was huge and important in that decade, was The Sixth Sense. Yeah, I guess I do like it a lot. Um, I would be hard-pressed maybe to call it a straight-up horror film. Because right. I mean, a it's a ghost story, but it's not a ghost story, but it's also kind film. of a... It has those almost crime mystery elements right. to it. sure. Uh, in, until the big twist. And of course, because of that big twist and all the, the hype yeah. surrounding it, over the years, and the also because of the incredible downfall of M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. What happened to him? Right. Um, it it kind of maybe people dismiss it after all these years, but still, remember it's that? It's good. No, it's, it's just, it is. It is a good movie. It is a good it movie. It is a good movie. Uh, and just, boy, remember the, the fever that that got? Oh, yeah. Just people saw it repeatedly. Repeatedly, and, repeatedly. You know, so, and yeah. It, yeah. And, and so, and, but then another, here's another one. Great big, huge movie, big director, Oscar nomination. This is the one that almost made it, but didn't make it. Misery. Yeah. Our first movie date. That's right. Right? Right. And it set the tender tone for a whole story. relationship. <laughs> <laughs> tender. Tender love story. Actually, that has been making the rounds on HBO or some channel that I keep clicking by, and I always do it right at the hobbling scene. Oh, yeah. It seems like I always come up oh, my in the God. hobbling scene. But, yeah, that's one of those, and she won very deservedly so. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kathy Bates Kathy couldn't Bates. be better. Oh, well, perfect. I mean, when you go on, you'd realize later in her career, she's just brilliant. She's yeah. just a brilliant, brilliant but actress. It came but, out of nowhere, really, oh my in God, that she one. Was so, she was so perfect and in that one. And one. one of the very best adaptations of a Stephen King yeah, book or story. Absolutely. Yeah, so... A lot of different movies could have been in there, but at number five for the 90s, we're going to go with this one. Counselor? Counselor? Could you be there? Could you be there? You know that voice, Counselor. (laughs) Robert De Niro, the 91 version, the uh, remake of Cape Fear. and Boy, that's... All you got to do is hear that voice. It's just yeah. chilling. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, and so Oscar nomination, and I'll speak yeah. of major directors, right? Well, Scorsese. Scorsese yeah, major. You know, decides to do a remake, mm-hmm. which this was the first remake he did. Um, and uh, what a great job. Because oh. the original, uh, you know, is super creepy and and very, very effective. But the remake is so, it just is so much more lurid. It's yeah. so, I remember when we, I remember when we saw it and she, uh, she go, Juliette Lewis, Goes down into the into the like sort of school's theater room, and uh-huh. we we both were like, "Don't go!" We we're like, "Oh God, don't go!" It was uh, it's yeah. very effective, very well acted. Oh yeah, the whole the the cast, of course, everybody's in it. You know, a Nick Nolte and Jessica, Jessica Lange, Lange, of course, and uh, even you know a nice little touch, a nice little uh, tip of the hat to the past with That's Robert right. Mitchum. Having this the small part in it that was nice, but the whole tone is so noir yeah. and so. 40s, 50s, yeah. and it's 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 great. It is how he pulls it off. And oh, De Niro is. is just pitch perfect. Yeah, you know, right to the oh, end when he's speaking in tongues and oh, everything. Oh, oh, uh, just just chilling. And yeah, you mentioned the scene in the in the uh, schoolroom there, oh, the yeah. drummer where yeah. she you know, sucks his finger oh, or his thumb, whatever. Yeah, God. it's just so. Weird. Oh, and then how about the one with when he just brutalizes Ileana Douglas? <gasps> oh my God! Yeah, so oh brutal. yeah, it's um, it's a terrifying, horrifying. And, and think of all the. How how Scorsese directed it, you know. Remember all the quick cuts and quick zooms yeah. and boom, boom, yeah. in and out, you know. And it just had that that throwback oh, yeah. feel, but really yet did. that that feel of just impending doom. I mean, oh, you yeah. know, from you knew from the first scene when he's laughing in the movie theater with oh, all that yeah. smoke. He's it's slow and steady, oh, but it's yeah. coming. Yeah, Even Max Cady. Max Cady. That's you know that's one of the things when when uh, you can remember a character's name forever and ever. Yeah. You know that that they've yeah. created a good character. Travis Bickle. Yeah, Travis. Max Cady. Right. <laughs> Robert De Niro's that's involved right. in a lot of these. And by the Rupert way, Rupert Pupkin. Rupert Pupkin. <laughs> I hope you get cancer. <laughs>
That's all. That's a great one. King of comedy. Um, not a horror movie, but funny and, and, and great. And by the way, too, if you didn't hear, um, thoughts out to Juliette Lewis, uh, her father, Jeffrey Lewis, longtime character, actor, character, actor, character sure. actor, all those Clint Eastwood movies. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, he passed away over the, over last week, I think it was. So that was, I was sad to hear that, but, uh, she was great in this movie. She was so, she was so good. She was so annoying. She, and, but the well, thing, she was like a, a teenage, exactly, 15-year-old that, teenager. Exactly. Oh, she was, she was perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a great one. And, you know, one of the, you know, it, the studio, the big giant studio productions of the early, of the early 90s, which was, which is reminiscent of the 70s and was fun. It was fun for the big blockbuster movies to be the kind of movies I wanted to see. But, uh, you know, if we move forward. Uh, well, you know, once again, though, before we get off Cape Fear, we- since I knew la- you were going to say it. I knew. <laughs> Since last week, we talked about the shinning. The Simpsons, can you tell how much we love The Simpsons? Oh, my God. Also did a pitch-perfect parody of Cape Fear, which, you know what? If you haven't seen it, I'm laughing just thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, it's insanely Look funny. It oh, it's my. The Thompsons. Sh- the Thompsons. The Thompsons. <laughs> it's Sideshow Bob, oh, yeah. you know, is after, you know, after uh, Bart. Bart again. Yeah. And they parody Cape Fear in such a brilliant way. Oh, so it's, it's great. It is so great. <laughs> One of these days, we're just going to do a, a show about The Simpsons, a podcast <laughs> about the horror movie, you know, takeoffs that The Simpsons have done. So all great. So, yeah, number five, Cape Fear. So now. What I was going to say about number four is that it was one of the films that, you know, after the early 90s, uh, all of the big blockbuster movies, then it was just nothing. It was just a dead decade until Wes Craven reimagined the genre yet again. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. Yeah, Scream from 96. And that's another one. So many movies, horror and otherwise, get watered down because of all the sequels. And and you forget, you know, case in point, say a Rocky or, right. or any of those. Right. You rem- you forget how good the first one was. Right. Do and- you know, truth is, the first sequel was pretty good too. Yeah, it was. But then it just got, you know, the, the thing that Scream did. First of all, it took a bunch of very um, highly recognizable TV personalities and yeah. put them in a movie, which then every film after that did. Um, and that was also meta, right? So Wes Craven, what he did was. Um, embraced every horror cliche, but he did it from the inside out. He invited you inside yep. to look out at these. And and just as, and so he was just pointing it out to you that you were relying on this horror film cliche so that he could just upend that and, and not go where you expected him to go. It was and it and it was funny, and of it course. Was fun. It was fun. But it was a horror it was it's a slasher. Just, yes, there was, was a big knife. People were being Drew Barrymore didn't fare well. Right. It was Ghost Face Killer. Oh yeah. Um yeah, it was. It was so fun and so smart. Um and it just shows, you know, Wes Craven still, you know, he had his finger on a pulse there. And it was really, really well done uh, to go back and, and watch that first one now. Yeah, it, Kevin Williamson wrote it, and he would go on to uh, to do that whole TV series, The Following. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and a couple of other things. But he, you know, what he did w- with this script, which I don't think anybody could have directed as well as Wes Craven. Because, I mean, you know, so Henry Winkler is the school principal. That's great. Who's the school janitor? 
Freddie. So it's a guy in a <laughs> red know. and green sweater, all grumblies. I mean, so he's just, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, everything about watching Jamie Lee Curtis and, and Halloween. And I mean, it's everything about the movie was so much fun. And the first time you saw it done, it was, and, that, and that's what makes it work. That's what made it work. It was the first time it has been done to death yes. since then, not just in sequels, but in copycats and in everything else. But it was just re- and Matthew Lillard, what a freak! I know he was so great in that. Skeet Ulrich, really, really good in it. <laughs> and you know, another thing it does on a lesser scale, but still, it, it does um, has a sort of a social commentary on the state of TV news and the state of journalism. Um, I think that's true. It does a little bit mm-hmm. with this with the ambulance chasers and, yep. and everything else in the tabloid style. Uh, not as much because that is not the point of this movie at all. But they have a little fun with that in Courtney Cox's character. Yeah, and uh, and that's. At least a little bit part of it. But the main thing, like you said, it's meta, it's inside, it gives a whole nother way of looking at the genre. Because they, what's brilliant about it, one of the many things, is they just come out and say, I forget the one guy's name, the one character, he says, these are the rules. Yeah, exactly. These are the horror yes, movie rules. That's right. You can't have sex. You can't say, I'll be right back. <laughs> and things like that. Because yes, anybody who's seen all those horror movies for all the, knows that from way back oh, oh sure. yeah that they just had sex he's getting up to go oh, oh he's sure. dead <laughs> oh sure you know so that and, was- and, and, you know and, and you know in the in the 20 years almost since then it's gotten to the point now where it's if you see a horror film with that that has that employs no irony it's refreshing it's like a nice change of pace mm-hmm. because that was so successful and it was such a fun way to do it that you know 65 to 70 percent of every horror film since there has kind of done the same thing yeah and think about that that came out in 96 mm-hmm. and still today every halloween what do you see you oh, see yeah. those masks uh, it's true you still do but kids who probably don't even know what they were from <laughs> but they're effective it's a good mask yes it's a good mask. <laughs> and and a, a nice combination of fun and, and scares yeah because as you said it is slasher it is. people get slashed yes <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Number four on our list, the best of the 90s, the original Scream, which uh, moves us up to number three, one that we've talked about before and one that I think has become maligned over the years, but I still think is great. One of you has got to have the map. No, I don't have the map. We gave it back to you after map check yesterday. You've always had the map. I know, and I've always had the map in the same place, and if it's not there, one of you had to have taken it. All I want to do is get out of here, man. I'm not fucking around. That's all I want, too, man. Let's go. No, you want to stay here. You want to film rocks. You want to look around. You want to fucking, like, get this. You want to get that. Which way are we walking? That way. Dude, we're in the middle of the fucking woods. I gave you back the map, Heather. I gave you the map. I gave you back the map. I don't think she has the map. No, I'm I'm pretty (laughs) sure she does not. It's the Blair Witch Project. From 1999. And we've actually talked about this a couple of times now. And um, and And it's true, a lot of people hate this movie. And as I've said in previous, it's, it scared me more than any other film I've ever seen because it speaks to all of my own personal fears, which is one of the things and about... a lot of people have those yes. fears. Well, one of the things about horror films is very much like things about comedies, is that it, either it scares you or it doesn't. Either right. you think it's funny or you don't. Exactly. Comedy and, and, and fear, I mean, you know, humor and fear are so such personal things. They are. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen internet, uh, you know, Facebook arguments about... What is funny that rival political arguments? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, people that, I mean, I'll take me for, when I see people saying that they don't think Will Ferrell is funny, I go, well, then yeah. what is funny? You've, you've been struck I think in the he's head, hilarious, obviously. Right? But, then, but then other yeah. people think the blue collar comedy stuff is oh, funny, yeah. and I, it has never made me laugh ever. So no. it, it's, it's kind of the same thing here, as you said. If you don't think, and that's the main, I think, complaint, even from the beginning, people had about this movie. That, that's not scary. Yeah. Okay, if, if it doesn't scare you, then. You know, I don't know what kind of horror movies you like, but but fine. So I can see that if it yeah, doesn't scare you. Absolutely. But if you buy into this, 
to this premise. And it takes a certain... Suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief. And you have to, obviously, especially for someone in your mentality, because you hate the woods so much, (laughs) you put yourself in their position. You're lost in the woods. You're getting out. And yeah, and uh, it, it was, for me, still very effective because I... I've thought I've, in so many films, what is the scariest, of course, is what you don't see, what oh, you absolutely. imagine. Absolutely. And they don't show you much at all, but uh, they give you a little bit here, a little bit there. And uh, yeah, I, st- I still think it's extremely effective. You know, and it's an important film, one where, any, however you look at it, not only um, did it, well, obviously, it took a few years for it to take off, but it was, it, it basically started the whole found footage yes. phenomenon, <laughs> which I wish would die. We are. Very yeah. tired of. Um, but um, also, it reinvigorated independent cinema, like yeah. no film oh, before my, it or since. Sheer profit, my yeah. lord. It, yeah, it was, at the time that it came out, by far the most profitable film ever released. Because it only cost them like $30,000 to make, and yeah. it made hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh. So it was so it, it was a very important film, whether you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it. Um, and you know what, actually, uh, you might think that those people want to do nothing. We've mentioned this before, too, but uh, Joshua Leonard, Josh, the yeah. first two not make it he right now he's in uh it comes out i think this week on dvd he's in the remake of the town that dreaded sundown which i actually review for screen relish so if you hop over to screen relish you can see my review of that dvd this week yeah he's actually had a considerable amount of of projects i believe he was a a semi-regular on bates motels tv show which we don't watch but we probably should i have to assume that we should watch that show and he's he's gotten uh certainly more credits than the other two Mm -hmm. uh heather Heather did uh, maybe a movie. Did she, was she in that Loser with uh, uh, Jason Biggs or one uh, of Boys and Girls? Boys with and Jason Girls. Biggs. Okay. And, um, yeah, she's and been in Mike, a few. I don't know what I, happened. You know, to actually, Mike. I looked him up today. He's had he has a he few. Has? Yeah, okay, he has well, a few. Good. Not as many as Josh. He has by far the most. I think the last time I saw Heather, she was seriously. I'm not joking, doing us ad for Steak and Shake. Yes. So, I, uh, yeah. You know, okay. somebody hire her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, back then they were on every magazine cover, and it, because there were so many people, and we've talked about this before, who in the early going, at least, really believed yeah. the story. Yeah. Basically, and they thought they were seeing a snuff film. They were. And and think about that today, because we've had so many years of, you know, the internet explosion. But back then, in the social media infancy, yeah. I guess, how something like that, it was a brilliant marketing was. ploy. It was. And people just bought it. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this before. My my cousin said it was, said it was real. <laughs> I'm right. like, no, no, it's not. Yeah. But it was brilliant and yeah. took off like that. And and uh, you got. And get, even that, though, even even that marketing campaign is is somewhat reminiscent of, of Cannibal Holocaust. Is yeah. one of the reason. Pe- not only was it also a found footage, but but uh, the director was in fact charged, right. and he had to produce one of the actresses live in the in the courtroom <laughs> yeah. because they thought that he you know she'd been killed on right. set. So there are a lot of ways that it, it resembles Cannibal Holocaust, except that. And I've been on record saying this before: Cannibal Holocaust sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it, it's not yeah, good. We'll leave it at that, but. But still, I think uh, an effective, an effective movie. If if you kind of have to today view it and forget about what's happened since, I think, uh, and just uh, you know respect it or or appreciate it for for what it is and yep. what and what it was at the time. Because I think it's still well made, especially for that shoestring budget. Yeah, you know, all the way up till till the very end, and he's standing in the corner, and oh, he yeah. just you just see him for a split second, and that makes it all the better. Yeah, because, all the creepier. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to be told anything more. Um, 
So, but it did. You're right. It I, opened up the way for independent movies. You know what else I think? Uh, so then, independent horror films were a big deal, uh, starting up again in the 80, in this in the 90s. They really had not been in the 80s. Uh, tremendous. Uh, and then the other big thing that that happened in the 90s that you really hadn't seen for a long time is the influence of uh, foreign horror movies. And there are a lot of great foreign horror movies in the in the 90s. Cube. We were talking about that yeah. Canadian <laughs> Canadian film Cube. Peter Jackson's Dead Again. Oh, he also did The Frighteners, which yes, is, but that, has some yeah, fun to it. But. It is, but that was an American film. It was a studio yeah, film, yeah. Um, and he made, but he made um, Dead Again. It was his last big horror film that he made in, in New Zealand, and it's the best one. It's, it's the most competently made film. It's the bloodiest movie in the history of the world. Oh, that's not true. No, that's not uh, that's new, new but it's, <laughs> it's pretty damn bloody. Very um, interesting use of the lawnmower blade. It's just, you know, I love that movie. It's a, it's a ton of fun. Um, but I think that, and then, of course, and we've mentioned this one before, Michael Haneke's Funny Games. Yeah. The German language version of yeah. that came out in the 90s, Oof. 97, I think. And, and that one, too, just to go off, that one, too, has a bit of a I don't know if meta is the word to use, but it, it really involves the audience, maybe in more ways than you're comfortable with. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to give it away. And the American remake, uh, which was not in the 90s, but... Yeah, it was, two, uh, it, was, it was almost 10 years. It was about 10 years later. Yeah, still very worth seeing. Oh, my God, You're basically yes. seeing the same movie, except it's done in English. Right. Um, but still very, very well done, and I'll see anything that guy makes. Oh, my uh, God, Whether it's yeah. horror movie or anything else, but... Yeah, Funny Games. That can be a tough watch. Yeah, it's a great, great we, movie. Remember, though. there was another uh, movie critic friend of ours here uh, that we know who just hated He did. Hated he, I think he gave it one star. It. He hated it. Yeah. And uh, we were not happy with that review. <laughs> because we do not hate it. Although, it is. It's tough. It can be a tough watch. Yeah. But, but the, the, uh, I mean, the, the foreign country that had the most influence then in the next decade or so was clearly Japan. And, that, um, and Ringu, for example... That was a huge phenomenon, oh, yeah. but there was a lot. But then the and so what I'm getting around is that we, we looked at a lot of different um, foreign horror movies that we wanted to talk about and think about. But the one that made the list easily my favorite, I think yours as well, is this one. And you might be thinking to yourself, why are you playing my chemical romance? <laughs> well, there's two reasons for that. One, Audition is the movie and it's a foreign film, but... <laughs> so you wouldn't be able to understand what they were saying anyway. <laughs> if you check out the video to this song, which is called uh, This Mirror is Not Big Enough for the Two of Us, I think that's the correct title. The video, it just goes along with the movie audition. It's like half uh, performance video, and then it's interspersed with their recreations of scenes from the movie audition. So well done, nice. whoever directed that uh, <laughs> who directed that video. But yeah, audition, I, yeah, I love it. It's set up. The audition is actually... A fake audition yep. to get this guy a girlfriend. Yes, uh, and the girl. His that, deception is repaid. Yeah, <laughs> was that the tagline? Because it should have been. His deception is repaid big time. It is. It is uh, chilling. It is so uncomfortable. It's torturous. Um, they've got the great scene with the moving bag. Oh, um, that burlap sack. Woo, that sack. Keep, keep an eye out for that Ooh, burlap boy. sack. And then with the foot, and yeah, it's it's really well done. And didn't we hear, maybe I'm just a, talking about a fear of mine, didn't we hear about an American remake? I think and that I it was screamed, scrapped. It was scrapped. No. I believe it was scrapped, so thank God for that. Yes, because um, we've seen what happens yes, with Old Boy. Exactly. So don't do it. No. But, um, but this is a Takashi Miike film, and we're yeah. huge fans. I mean, oh, he's yeah. great. Uh, he's not always great. He's made like 75 or 80 movies, and not all of them are awesome. But, you know, Ichi the Killer, 13 Assassins, House of the Katakuris, that's a favorite of mine. Any kind of um, over-the-top horror musical i'm 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 interested <laughs> well, in seeing one way or the other itchy the killer is a very um 
has a big cult following. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. Go Zoo. Sometimes, that's another weird one that's really awesome. Sometimes I think Itchy the Killer gets more than audition, really. Uh, no, I think you're probably right. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, w- I would not call Itchy the Killer a horror film, although it's certainly horrific. But it, it's but he sometimes, Mike's films are a little bit hard to pin down genre-wise. Not this one. Audition is fully a, a horror movie. Oh, you yeah. know, it starts off, it looks like it's going to be just a May-December romance, you know? <laughs> and the, and it's funny because the pacing and the music, it's yeah. kind of lulling. It, it, you know, and if you're looking for a horror movie, you may not want to sit through it at first because you're thinking to yourself, come on, get somewhere. And then, you know, it just builds this dread yeah. until there's a moment where everything turns with the burlap sack. And one of my favorite, <laughs> there's a crime scene scene. And, you know, this cop, you know, like, they, we tried to recompose her body and we came up with... Two extra ears and a thumb. You know, I'm like, that's just good police work right there. It's just so, uh, and uh, Asami is the name of the the uh, beautiful woman that he thinks that he wants to date. She will not be a good stepmom, by the way. <laughs> and the, the thing about her is she's so, at least in the beginning, you know, she's so that classic demure oh, and yeah. petite. She's and, beautiful oh, and yeah, elegant and... Then- and- yeah, and, and then, uh, what and she then can do and you know what I think is so funny? I don't know what she's actually saying there toward the end, but it sounds for all the world like kitty, 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 yeah, kitty which it only does. makes it no, creepier. It, it does. It's just creepier. She's magnificent. I have. I'm not. I'm. I'm really not sure how you pronounce her name. Ehi Sheena is what it looks like to me, and I apologize for no doubt slaughtering that. But wow, she's great. She is. Yeah. And we're we're going to have to do a countdown one day of the best female villains, and she's ooh, clearly going to be on there. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But yeah, audition, and and I think I think you're right for the Japanese horror films, yeah. and there were a lot, mm-hmm. and and influenced American films not only from straight up remakes, yeah, but uh, proposed remakes, and uh, and and try to copycat, yeah, that they just can't. There's a tone, there's a tone there, yeah, that is hard to uh, hard to capture. Well, I just of course think, you've yeah. got to you've got to uh, have the long. Black hair yes, in the do. face. You do. You got to do that. Yeah, that's a very important thing. <laughs> also, I just think um, um, Asian cinema is they they have a, a history of extreme cinema that the states doesn't have. That's and true. And so you know they go places we don't go. I, I just think even you just start with just their straight up ghost stories, American ghost stories, European ghost stories. You're fairly safe. You're unsettled. You're sa- you uh, Japanese, Korean. They they'll kill you. They will eat you. They'll dismember you. They'll kill you. And and so they just have a I, you know it's just extreme cinema in a way that we haven't done here, which is one of the reasons why we very rarely do a good job. Although next week we'll talk about one that does. All right, nice tease. Thank you. So like now we're it. gonna get to number one, and I should probably point out my favorite movie of all time. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Mister, my family will pay cash. Whatever ransom you're asking for, they'll pay it. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yeah, 1991, The Silence of the Lambs. And that's a good clip because you probably thought I was going to do the, we were going to do the fava beans <laughs> clip. But uh, there's so many you could use. Um, but that one, you've got Buffalo you could, Bill. You could do, wait a minute. <laughs> she a great big fat You're person. A big person. Oh, my God. It's, yeah, it's so well done. And. You could go. We could go on and on and on for how well this is set up, how well it's directed, how well it's acted. You know, there's that urban legend about um, Anthony Hopkins not blinking throughout the movie. He does blink. He blinks. He blinks. But he's fantastic. Well, one and, of the, if you look on IMDb, this is not this is not listed as a horror film. Yeah, it's listed as a drama thriller. Yeah, and um and I that speaks volumes about Jonathan Demme's direction because it's a movie about a guy who eats human flesh. 
helping the FBI track down a guy who wears human flesh. This is a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, from the beautiful score to the muted colors to just the, it's just so elegantly directed that you are a little hard pressed to see it that way. Although, you know, I don't know anybody who wasn't wildly creeped out by it when oh, they yeah. saw it. And it's a movie that bears repeat viewings. Oh, yeah. And you can focus on different things, especially how he places the camera and how he places the point of view yeah. in, in certain scenes, which let you know who who has the power right. here. Where are we looking? What angle are... And it, it's just... Well, I think it starts right off with the, the interviews in the prison. You know, um, traditionally, the villain is shot from beneath which makes them seem bigger, makes them seem looming, and also makes them seem unattractive, very unattractive angle, makes them seem ugly. Whereas the victim or even just the audience's point of view character shot from above and makes them seem vulnerable and cute. Demi shoots Clary Starling and Hannibal Lecter as not just, they're, they're the same height, they're shot from the same angle. Not only are they peers, according to the camera, but in, in those first interviews, you see both of their faces, exactly. one reflected in the window and one on that. the other side yeah. of the window. So it's, it's like the camera is suggesting to the audience, these two have something in common. Mm-hmm. And since she's our vehicle in, we have something in common with him. And that's very unsettling. Now, the other thing I think is very fascinating is if you, if you were to compare the two villains, because where Hannibal Lecter is all intellect, which is super creepy, you know the whole time he's smarter than me. He will outwit me and <laughs> eat me. And the reason that's scary is because we are part of a food chain. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like what our deepest primalist fear is being eaten because we are part of a food chain. So there's something really, really unsettling about that. Whereas the underappreciated Ted Levine, God, oh. was he brilliant, right? Yeah. And kudos to uh, Jodie Foster for mentioning him true. in her speech. Yes, because, yes in her Oscar he, yeah, speech, that's right. He was fantastic. And he's all animal. He's unseemly. He's big. He's all animal as opposed to... Um, Hannibal Lecter, who's all intellect. And, you know, you just, uh, there. I mean, there. you could go on for decades. This is the greatest movie. This is such a well-put-together movie. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those movies where it really makes you realize, especially with repeated viewings, the tremendous uh, impact a director has yeah. on a film right. and how it can succeed and how it can get under your skin on a, you know, no pun intended, uh, in a subliminal way yeah. because of those little camera tricks and, yeah. and and how you're viewing things. And I'm so glad you brought up that little double exposure yeah. because yeah. in that interview where you see both faces at the same time, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, a movie that just has a great director's stamp all over it. You know, the sa- much the same way that we talked about The Shining. Sure. That has those little, those things that are sometimes too dissected. And we talked about those crazy <laughs> conspiracy theories, but... But this is, it's its so well put together. The acting impeccable, of course, but just the way it leads you on that journey through, you know, those tight corridors and how they go back and forth. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so there are so many things. Like, what's in the bathtub? What's in that bathtub? Yeah. There are so many things, you know. Uh, it's, and, and. Even, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but, but even little, little scenes like when they're at the, uh. Not the autopsy, but they're using that, that the dead body and they, the wake. They're at the yeah. At the, they find the oh yeah the uh, cocoon yeah. thing and how she's being treated by the local rednecks, those yeah. law enforcement. Yeah. And again, it's it's power, and, and um, she points it out. Yeah, she does to Crawford. Yeah, you know, you treated me, and and, and he says, yeah, point taken. And but, but that's all part of this, you know, this power struggle in each in each scene. Who has the power? Where where's the camera? And who you're identifying with? That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, because it will it could make you uncomfortable because you could almost find yourself almost 
pulling for him. And, and, I know. And then it, oh, well, I can't I do that. The more time you spend with Buffalo Bill, the more you are identifying with Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, the more you know, exactly. it's like I'm not like this guy. That's right. for sure. And part of it, you can't predict what he's going to do. You have no. He's like, oh, he's got a well in his basement. Oh my god! And then you know, and it's, that's that the, from the trailer. Yeah. It puts the lotion, and he's got a dog, and it's just. No, I didn't expect him to be this when I saw him answer the door earlier. Like, no, I had no idea that this yeah. big lumbering man was going to be dancing later in a squeeze <laughs> position. I mean, it's so, so, so well thought out. And, of course, a lot of that is the is the Thomas Harris novel, clearly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then the adaptation, which also won an Oscar. The film won five Oscars. Yeah. You know, and I remember at the time, people having a problem, a horror movie winning. No, I know. Because at the time, they were up in arms because it was so bloody and so dark yeah. can win. That should have no bearing on the fact of how, no. how well put together and how well constructed a film it's, it's it was. It's a flawless movie. It's so, so good in so many ways, whether a horror film or not. So, um, obviously, we have great, great respect for Silence of the Lambs. We do. And you know what else? If you're looking for a band name, Sergeant Pembry's movable face. Yeah, Sergeant Pembry, if you remember, you know, it's Jim Pembry, damn it. Talk to him. <laughs> and then he tells him he's going to be fine. <laughs> how did how did Lecter not crack up laughing? It's hard to say. You know, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. But <laughs> and, and you know, and and remember the scene when after he escapes and uh, they come in to find him flayed the oh, other yeah. so, flayed yeah. and and displayed with that light and how oh, it's yeah. shot. Oh my god! You know, you just go on and then I, I mean, it's it's basically a gorgeous shot of yeah, a man who is been, hung yeah. in front of a cage with his yeah. intestines everywhere. Yeah, yeah. it's. Jonathan Demme, oh, it's top such of his a job, game, such right Such a there. great job. So yeah, at, at number one by a pretty good, a yeah. pretty good margin, I think, uh, f- from the nineties. Silence of the Lambs. So all right, what do we miss? And do you agree? Disagree? You hate Blair Witch Project? Let us have it. <laughs> um, keep that, keep that conversation going. As I like to say, we're on Twitter at Mad Wolf. You can also uh, you can also leave a message for us uh, at goldenspiralmedia.com, which is uh, they are kind enough to host our yes. uh, um, podcast every week. So you can leave Love something for us there. Of, full of plenty of award worthy podcasts. That's right. For the podcast. That's awards. right. Congratulations yeah. to everybody at Golden Spiral Media who won. Yeah, Good for also, you. If you want to do it the old fashioned way, we've also got a voice feedback line. Uh, get your voice on this super cool podcast. 304-837-2278. So lots of ways. And I know everybody that's into horror movies likes to talk about them. So. So let's do that um, and uh, talk about the best movies of the best horror movies, our favorites anyway, of the 90s and your favorites. And maybe maybe do you agree that we just think as a whole, the 90s is kind of weak, weak. weak on that, although it certainly, as we said, has its great moments here. But the little well, week. you know what, though? So we're going to we're going to jump to the first decade of the 2000s next week. And that is a hit or miss decade mm-hmm. because of the rise of horror porn. Um, yes. On the other hand, yes. my, my short list has already got 34 movies on it. Well, the short list. <laughs> I'm glad it's the short list. We're going to have to do some editing between now and then. <laughs> we may just stay in this studio until next week. Uh, so that's good. That's a, to look forward to how we get that down to five, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a chore. The best of the 2000s uh, next week. But, uh, boy, it's fun. It's fun to keep it going. So we hope to hear from you. And until then... I'm Hope Madden. And I am George Wolf, And this is the Fright club podcast until next week stay frightful my friends <laughs>